Welcome to Better Business Building, where I'm your host, Adam Menderich, where I talk to business leaders from all shapes of life about what's worked for them and how they can help you win. Thank you so much for coming on, Jesse. Good to see you. Yeah, great seeing you too, man. I'm excited to talk to you today. Yeah. Now, for everyone, the guru is is now live. Nah, Jesse, so tell me a little bit more about what you do. For those that Yeah, don't. sure. So uh, SaaS founder, I run a company called Lead Magic, helps people figure out who's on their website so they can call, email them, prospect them. Uh, it's very accurate from that perspective. A lot of the times it's compared against like Lead Feeder, Clearbit, those types of tools. Also have an enrichment product to kind of help People, after they know who's on their website, they can go out and enrich that data and figure out some more about who might be on their website. And then they can call them and uh, send them relevant information that's not spam. Mm -hmm. So you write a lot of content that does push the the boundaries to make things easier for a lot of people. But how did you get there to doing the stuff that you're doing now? And and how did you build such a profile for being known for doing that, Jesse? Yeah, so I was an enterprise sales rep uh, for a while. Then I went to frontline leadership, managing at field time. Then I moved over towards working for uh, chief revenue officer as more of a VP of sales strategy. And uh, a a couple of times it didn't get me in the right spot. I uh, what happened was my a couple of my uh, last kind of opportunities where I was working ended up kind of getting in a little bit of a, a conflict over kind of the email delivery where Mm -hmm. I didn't want to put the signature on that would block uh, our company from getting emails delivered. So I just wanted to work with IT and do that. But, you know, not every company wants to listen to you and uh, I have results. So I know that I was in the right. And then uh, I, you know, they ended up getting rid of me for that. So Mm -hmm. I said, uh, I had a hundred companies I could have gone to, but what I really wanted to do was start my own because I saw all of the, you know, I wasn't like ex Google or ex Facebook or any of these other companies, right? I was I was at a lot of bad startups that operated very inefficiently and ineffectively, and I wanted to build my own because I saw all the failure. Like I'd always rather hire somebody who's been through some of the failure, so mm-hmm. that's what I did. Mm-hmm. Built my own SaaS. I learned how to code and really, uh, you know, build my own SaaS product. And now that's what I'm doing. So I was an enterprise rep and moved over towards the SaaS uh, founder side. Yeah, some powerful stuff there. And um, I have to say, like you, what you're talking about with the email delivery is so relevant, but so many people don't know about it. So like, do you have a lot of, like people just must be messaging left and right going, mate, what do you want about? How did you figure this out? How many emails does it take? Like, walk us through that. Is that like, how do you, how do you keep up with that? There'd be a huge demand. Yeah. So, well, I worked at big data companies. I worked at a company called Hortonworks, which they built the uh, Hadoop platform, which is a very well-known uh, kind of like most of the, a lot of the technologies based off of it. But what I realized is I knew how spam filters work because we used to work with companies that would build different big data mm-hmm. spam filter type things. And I would watch and I'd say, well, you know, really what they're looking for is, you know, certain behaviors, right? Low response rate, right? Even the best cold emails still only have a three to 5% response rate. Mm-hmm. So what what's hard right now is I watch and really the only way to protect yourself is you have to send from multiple domain names. And as a result, what I'm seeing is most of these companies that have these one domain sequencing products, Mm -hmm. right? Or they're on one domain. uh, All the sequencers probably support multiple domain names, but Mm -hmm. this is a real test because what's going on in the big SaaS companies is they are going to have to make a decision. Do we want to go and become a growth 
organization? Are we going to go out and spend or, or invest and test our performance and brand, the intersection, register 10 domain names, register you know, 10 inboxes, warm them up on an engagement platform. And are we going to actually do that? And I think what it's doing is it's leaving the door open for a lot of companies that want to grow. Obviously it's, you know, you're registering domains and you're keeping your reputation high, but what's going on right now is these one domain sequencing companies are really killing sales development teams. So they go out of one domain the domain gets torched by the spam filters. It's not going to get delivered, any of them. So you might have 20 SDRs on one team sending to a spam folder all day long, all week long. And that's why a lot of these companies are having to lay people off, quite frankly. Yeah. 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 I was just really contributing to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, for the listeners that don't know, I'll just dig into that a little bit more. Can you, do yeah. you have any any data on what would um on how many that how long yeah, that sure. Just for yeah, the, so yeah. we know just from our own testing, right? Anything over like 40 or 50 emails a day mm-hmm. with, right? Because your cold, your cold emails are going to get about a three to 5% response rate. Mm-hmm. And when you, when you, so if you're, if you're under that, right, you're, you're in even worse trouble, right? But like, let's say you're at a three to 5% response rate and then you're sending out, there's two SDRs that are sending out and they're sending out a hundred emails a day. Mm-hmm. Well, three to 5% is not enough to keep that domain healthy. Reputation wise. So the ways that you've got to get around it are one, the bigger companies sometimes will have the advantage because they have a lot more mail flow, right? There's because your your reputation is based on your domain level. Mm-hmm. And everybody's using the same IP addresses. Everybody's using Google, everybody's using, you know, Microsoft as their IP. So where people are getting blocked right now is they actually are sending out with the same domain name and you know it's just causing like they're better off not using sequencers mm-hmm. just sending the emails manually now yeah because it really doesn't work because the second that they send the same email out three or four times and it gets complaints yeah from the same domain name the rest of the team is shut down so if you have 50 sdrs and they're all going out of one domain name that's going to kill your whole company essentially mm-hmm. Yeah. For, yeah, yeah, for, yeah. for cold email. And this is yeah. where a lot of people don't realize your cold email program is not working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I absolutely love it. And I'm, I'm glad that you covered off on that. So, so how, so, so hang on. So for some of the companies that you're obviously that you're speaking with, they wouldn't be aware yep. of these things, Jesse. So what does that conversation look like? Yeah. Are they just so like, it's, ah. it, yeah, they, they know it's a problem. Now, here's the problem. It's it's a little bit of a complicated problem. So here, here, here are some of the challenges re- related to this. Uh, number one, uh, you, you don't get a great signal, right? If somebody doesn't respond to your email, mm-hmm. you don't really know. And there's another thing that's happened is Apple, since September of last year, they've, they've deployed something called uh, ITP. It's their privacy kind of Apple's taking a stand on privacy. Uh, could be just a business move, but who knows, really, it looks, I mean, it looks good what they're doing, right? But what they're doing is they're opening the emails for you. Mm-hmm. So in a sense, your email rates could be, open rates could be going up, which actually a lot of people are going down, which is really alarming. But what's happening is those companies, they don't realize like those, open. you can't really, you have to really understand all of the data that's coming in. So what I see is you don't get a, ver- there's no verification model that says, yes, this email got delivered. 
Mm -hmm. right? Unless the person responds. That's the only way you truly know. And somebody asked me this the other day, they're like, well, how do you really know? And I go, you don't, but you have to test. Mm -hmm. Like there's ways to test. There's something called the seed test where you basically email domains that are on the public, uh, you know, email servers and things like that. But what's really going on now though, is you're going to find that most of these emails that SDRs are sending are going straight to the spam buckets. And the reason that I'm talking about it is I just, I see massive investment in tools and technology and data around this. And I never thought I'd be on the same side as, you know, kind of connect and sell and Jerry uh, and Ryan Reiser, but I, I guess I am. I mean, you know, I'm like, I don't really think, you know, my unpopular opinion here is I don't think SDRs should be sending emails individually anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. I think well, it requires a much different approach. Yeah. It's it's almost like an e-commerce marketing uh, strategy now, right? You have to really, you have to have a central focus to know what the data looks like. You can't just bring on any Joe Schmo off the street or whoever off the street and have them start sending emails that are generating complaints on your domain. You can't, they can't fail on your domain name anymore. So that's where a lot of companies are wrong. They don't understand. They're putting their newest people in the worst positions to succeed. And then they're firing for it and none of them really understand it. So I've been helping a lot of people evolve. Yeah, yeah. Now, what I like about what you've just said there, not just because it speaks to exactly what I've said about having the more mature people in a full cycle function at the front of the funnel so they can they know what they're doing they can liaise with marketing better they can help marketing with creating the demand and they can basically just do buyer led or assisted actions so it's interesting that you yeah interesting but um yeah it's i mean it's i guess one more point to add and, and i'm noticing when you bring in somebody who's an sdr i'm also seeing a lot of marketing teams they don't really totally adopt that person on their team to like help them they're kind of off in their own little island a lot of the time and not really a lot of people know what to do there. And I, I really, I feel for this group of people. And, uh, you know, I have, uh, you know, any of them can reach out to me at any point. I have built some groups, uh, mostly on dark social groups that, that have been helping a lot of these folks. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, yeah, it's just super interesting because I was saying the same things like five years ago. This is what we need to change back to, like prior to 2011 predictable revenue. Because when we did it back that way, we would work all the way to owning the account at Key Account Management, own the account for a year, know the agreeables, know how to work the account, and then basically do the handover after a year. Um, but it seems to be out the window where we didn't have any of these problems before. But sure, there was different amounts of obviously um, workflow and mass compared to what we can do now with the sequences, but we've gone in the wrong direction. We need to go back the other way, like you said earlier. So, yeah, I mean, you think about what a, what a, what a team costs. I mean, Beth's recruiting came out and said it costs two uh, for two SDRs. It costs 300 grand mm-hmm. to support that team. Yeah. I mean, that right there alone. I mean, what, what, what does that team need to generate for activity to, to be worth kind of, you know, in a high ticket sale, what does that team have to generate? We're just not putting them in the best position. And even as a, I mean, I even think about it as even cold calling, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'd like to think that, you know, for 300 grand, they probably, maybe if they were on the phone 24 by seven, but I mean, reality is, is I still don't even think they can generate enough activity to make that group actually mm-hmm. worth it on the phone, which is the other problem I see. So this is where people are going to have to really start investing in this group. And they're going to have to start to figure out what the right role is. How do they pay them? How do they compensate them? I mean, what are they driving for? Because you certainly can't have them doing volume-based, trying to get meetings on the calendar. That's that's just a recipe for disaster to get your domain blocked 
number one, and then no one's getting no one's getting through to anybody, right? Anybody yeah. cold. So that's a real problem. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. And I think that that probably leads into some of the stuff that I talk about with demand and full cycle. Like, I don't care what that team's called and where it sits, but those that's mm-hmm. those are the actions are for success. But um, we need to get heavily back to that. But there's going to also be a requirement, as you know, with the data. Companies need to understand how to utilize that to the know which channels to to communicate with, and they don't do that. So think about like recently, um, a lot of companies still just think they just get a business development manager that goes full cycle. They just chuck them in the seat and go, here you go. Here's some sales navigator. Off you go. Go and churn 100 calls a day, smash out your TAM and just, yeah, but it's not the right approach. So yeah. You can't do it anymore. Unfortunately, you can't do it anymore. Even your phone, uh, even your phone yeah. has a spam filter now, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, you, if that phone number from whatever company you buy the the dialer from has a spam problem, you're going to feel that as well now. I mean, it's showing up as a, a spam call. So, like, I think delivery of really any message is going to start to become the most important thing at any of these companies. I mean, I kind of look at cold email like an ad. Right. Mm-hmm. If you think about what how you buy ads, it's very similar how you buy ads, right? You're going to be able to test the audience. But the problem is, is you really need a centralized group, like an ad ops group. Mm-hmm. You really need that group that's kind of handling that. There's no company that has one-to-one people running ads by themselves, right? Mm-hmm. And this is where people might disagree with me, but like I mean, I just look and I say, hey, if you're getting a 20% open rate, like and you're getting one meeting a week and we're paying 300,000, you're paying, getting paid $300,000 for two people. Like how are these companies going to sustain growth rates yep. that they do? Yep. It's just not really feasible in today's world. And I think we need to train them on technology. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of openings, a lot of opportunities in RevOps enablement and some of the, you know, marketing, of course, growth marketing. And I think there's some sales development reps that would be very good at this. It's just mm-hmm. a, it's a cultural shift. Yeah, yeah. I think that um, the sooner that a lot of companies adopt a lot of the stuff that even Chris Walker is saying with doing proper yeah. demand, then we can intersect the buying cycle because that call then, Jesse, is only really, hey, Jesse, I know you don't have time to talk to me right now, but I've got this because we've done this, this, and this, and I can see you're in the market for this. That's a different conversation than trying to push you right. to for something you don't want to agree to in the first place. So, yeah. Yeah, and it's not only that too. There's another. There's another aspect of that is... You, you, you know, a lot of these products now are going to be more product, right? There's a lot more uh, companies coming out that are product-led growth. They were trying to reduce their cost of acquisition. They're having the product kind of do some of it, customer engaging with it. Investors are going really fast here. I think one of the things you want to think about is a lot of the times now people are going to be using the product. So you're going to want to get that team. Uh, there's a couple of people that are talking about this on the um, uh, the PLG, you know, how there's an outbound motion, you know, I know even ClickUp has an outbound motion on how do they go after people that are already using the product? Really, there's some kind of like strategies around that. And I think there's going to be some really interesting shifts in the sales development world. Yeah, 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 I totally agree. Um, so with the other components of what you do for your business, who do you think that you can help the most? Really, I'd say right now is anybody wants to build pipeline for their business. So we have our product, our SaaS product that does, is very accurate as, as this, you know, it's a lot lower cost, does a great job at figuring out who's on your website, helps your sales team get after it. I've got CROs that would never take it off their website. They, they get it every day. Uh, they have their team reach out. 
we are doing some campaigns for some people. Uh, it's not for everybody. We, we have a pretty specific profile we're, we're talking to on the, when we do run campaigns for people. Mm -hmm. uh, if we do run campaigns for somebody, it's, it's usually not somebody who's trying to figure out their outbound motion. Mm -hmm. We usually try to uh, work with companies that have already got kind of an outbound motion, but they're trying to get better delivery. They understand their numbers and they understand their messaging pretty well. Uh, we're just not great for the business of like, helping somebody build from scratch. Mm -hmm. A lot of the times the expectation, we're not, we're not trying to become like a lead gen agency or anything like that. So mm -hmm. it's just, we've had a lot of customers lead, uh, you know, with lead magic, telling them who's on their site. They're like, Hey, we don't have anybody that can reach out to these people in an effective and efficient way that we can afford. So we've been helping out a lot of those companies on more of a one-to-one -one basis decision. But a lot of that decision is up to us really, because we have to, um, you know, there's a lot of, uh, that, that's a weird, weird world that lead, uh, pay by lead kind of mm -hmm. business. So we, we kind of stay far away from that world, but we, uh, and I also have a, a course that uh, I'm giving out or that's, um, you know, there's, there's a community that I built where it's basically a bunch of B2B experts, lead generation experts inside there. I've basically documented everything that I've done to build the system that I've built and how do I do it and all that. I put it all in there. Uh, it's like a, you know, kind of $200 kind of course, but it's, it's a good spot place to start. I've had a lot of people ask me, Hey, whatever, do you have this? And I'm like, I never did, but now I do. So it's out there now. Uh, I've already had about 30 people buy it. I didn't even really announce it yet, but when I announce it, I'll probably get pretty, uh, pretty big press, hopefully. Mm -hmm. Well, I expect the title will be the guru, the gurus won't, won't like this post. <laughs> the gurus won't like this course. <laughs> no, they won't. <laughs> <laughs> they won't. I mean, you know, it's going to be fun. I mean, we'll see what happens. I like to see what happens when companies that are big that have 40% growth expectations, mm -hmm. one of their main and most effective channels, which is cold email, right? Cold email is the one thing to remember about cold email is it is not a website. It's not a social media thing. It's not like an algorithm in that sense. It's the spam filter. That's the algorithm. Mm -hmm. So Email is going to get delivered just like your post office is going to deliver mail, right? And this is something to really think about is, you know, if you get really good at cold email, you'll, you never have to worry about it, right? I, you know, and even just having my little, I don't know what happened. I got knocked off LinkedIn for a day or two for something. I don't know. It was on ads, but they didn't really mention what it was because I run a lot of paid ads for people. But anyways, the point is, is that I think cold email differentiates you because there's not a lot of people who are good at it. Like I see a lot of people out there still talking about the message and the message right now, uh, you know, and I love a lot of people that are doing that, but I mean, the messaging right now is really not that important. Mm -hmm. uh, and I know that sounds weird. The gurus won't like that, but it's really the delivery. I mean, if, if you're going to get 10% more out of your team, where, where are you going to go? Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's much easier to fix a couple of problems with it mm -hmm. and maybe your process and how you're getting emails and delivery than it would be to actually go and fix your messages, which aren't even going to get more than a 1% improvement over, you know, it doesn't even matter what you put in the message. Mm -hmm. If it's not, if it's in the spam folder. Yeah. 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 So yeah. think about that, you know, let's become good at it and uh, build it as a uh, competitive differentiation for your business. Yeah. So there's a lot there. What do you think the biggest thing that you've learned on the journey so far to what you're doing now? Um, I'd probably say, uh, once again, it's still kind of ignore uh, the gurus really. Um, you know, I hate to go there again, but, uh, yeah, yeah, there's always like, 
I, I see it a lot. I, I see the same kind of messages of get out there and do it, you know, and mm-hmm. it's really, you got to really, I'll tell you what works for me is when you're uh, obsessed with something and you want to do it better than anybody in the world, yeah, you're going to be much better at it. Right. So I try to do what I'm good at. I don't, I'm not out there saying I can make, you know, a million call. I mean, look, I was a sales, uh, a good sales rep, right? Like I closed, I was running 50, fortune 50 accounts, but you know, where I'm good is building technology. And this is something I should have realized when I was kind of a sales rep, I was using technology in a way where there was really nobody else in my companies that were using it that way. And I kind of hid from it, right? Like I was afraid to admit it to leadership teams because they'd be like, something's wrong with you. You're really, you know, you really know how to use this stuff well, but I think if I would go back in time, I would say double down there and really learn how to use these automation systems. And I mean, the whole world, I mean, we're all selling technology. Like you got to learn how to apply technology to a really good process mm-hmm. before you, you got to know the process first, and then you apply technology to make the process just work for you while you're sleeping. Yeah. And, you know, everybody thinks it's all hustle and all that. I don't think it is. I think you can, you know, there's, there's, you know, companies are not every company's out there grinding the phones down to their knuckles, right? Like figure something out that's a little bit easier that can take a little friction off your company and your sales team and make it a little easier for yourself. I think you'll be happy and you'll live a better life. Excellent. Well, do you have, because you've covered a lot of topics here, Jesse, do you have any final thoughts for um, who, who, like who can you help the most? Or do you have any final thoughts for tips for people that want to listen to what you do? Yeah, sure. Uh, just keep following on there. I, I am sharing a lot of stuff. The problem a lot of the times is the um, the stuff that I share, like, you, you know, some of it can be in the details, right? Like I try to keep it as high level. And obviously like the algorithm is going to favor the CEO that's crying mm-hmm. uh, on there. So, you know, just keep following it if that's what you like to do. And if you don't like that kind of stuff, then just don't follow me at all and block me, right? Like that's that's a better place. Like, but I think there's a group there that, you know, you could, you could get a lot. I think you could, you could use it. I mean, uh, if you apply data and you don't blame, I think blaming people in your organization starts to tear away the fabric of your company. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, if everybody comes to the table uh, with the right attitude that nobody, no one person made the mistake, if something's going wrong, but everybody's there to try to fix it. Mm-hmm. If you're sitting there trying to fix problems and you don't have any data to back up what what happened, and I'm talking, you know, like get your marketing data out, right? Like find out what you know and what you don't know and talk to some people who understand marketing analytics. I mean, there's a lot of information that is out there that you don't really see, but it's actually happening every day in your company. And I I mean, I can get a lot more of that information than probably most teams can. So anyways, I guess the point is, is just don't blame people in your own organization. Always come to the game with data. And if somebody has data, then let's analyze it and take a look at it and figure out what you could do to do better without it. It's just really becomes a real waste of time. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. If people have loved what you've said as much as what I love to follow and hear from the guru directly, where should they, where should they find you? Yeah, just go to LinkedIn. Uh, you know, my profile, Jesse Willette, or if you want, I am doing a, uh, like I have a course that's uh, come out, go to, uh, it's go.leadmagic.io. 
forward slash masterclass. And I've just been teaching a lot of people on in there. I've, most of the stuff in there is free. There is a course that's paid just because it takes a lot of extra time. And you know what? I don't feel guilty about it. So uh, <laughs> yes, but, but uh, anyways, that's, that's the way it is. And um, you know, I'd love to have you come in there. If you have some questions, uh, you know, I try to get to everybody. I will tell you it is hard. I get a lot of, I'm not, this isn't even, it's going to sound like I'm trying to brag here, but there's, there's, uh, there's a lot of people coming into the DMs right now. So I'm trying to, mm -hmm. you know, get a hold of it a little bit, but I promise I will read, you know, whatever message you send. If I can help, I will. If I think it's part of what I'm doing right now, I'll call. But if it's not, you know, maybe I'll try to get back to you another way or have somebody else on my team get back to you or whatever. But I look forward to talking to more people really want to help people with this problem. Well, there you have it. Thank you so much, Jesse, for coming on the show. The guru yeah, has spoken. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, thank man. you. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening. If you, like me, have received great value from my guest, please like, share, and follow. See you next time.